Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Thank you for joining us. This is Mainline Executive Coaching. ACT, ACT Act. Leaders, how are you doing in your act, in your action, in getting things done and making things happen? Are you leading well? Are you having kind of responses and results that you want? Or are you kind of struggling a little bit? We're here to help you either way, help you to become all the better, help you to get through those struggles and get on with things. We've got a great guest with us today. We are excited to have her. She has got a great background in when it comes to leadership. I'm here today with my partner, Rich Barron. I'm Michael Bailey, and we have got Jean Durham, and she's going to be introducing herself in just a moment here. Rich, as we look at talking with this wonderful woman and her background in the military, um, anything you want to say before we have her introduce herself? Other than the fact that I'm I'm a bit humbled looking over your your bio and your your experience and how you've served so many people, it's just it's phenomenal. So I am looking forward to learning more about you and then let's, you know, talking about coaching. Awesome. Right. Thank you very much for having me on today, guys. <laughs> well, it's our pleasure. Jean, give us your background here. It is it is one impressive resume. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I uh, was just a normal 18-year-old right out of high school and didn't know what I wanted to do with my future. So my brother joined the uh, the military about, well, the Marine Corps about a year before I did. And I was like, I, I think I'm going to do what he does. So joined right out of high school in 1999, um, had a wonderful and fulfilling and heart-wrenching and blood, sweat, and tear career over 22 years. Um, and I learned a lot from it. And I would love to talk about anything um, that you guys want to talk about about it. <laughs> well, just the fact that you chose to go into the U.S. Marines following your brother, but it still is a choice. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's a high task to take on. Why did you decide to go into that branch? Uh, I think well, I think my brother, of course, had some influence there, but um, it just came down to looking at all the branches and saying, "Yeah, the Marine Corps is probably the toughest, so let's do that one." <laughs> we all love misery, right? <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm I'm curious, and this might be off topic a little bit, but having joined in 1999, how did you feel on 9-11? I mean, because I remember exactly where I was. I remember mm -hmm. I was in my office, uh, actually watched it, everything unfold on, on a TV in our conference room. 
Um, and so out of curiosity, as a member of the military, how did that make you feel? Yeah. Yeah. I showed up to work that morning and my boss came in to uh, my office and he was like, there's a plane that just flew into the World Trade Center. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe a Cessna. It was an accident. I, I don't know. And yeah, we popped on the news and there it was. And I just, because I joined at a time of peace, not to say that I wasn't prepared just in case we did go to war, but it was just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to do this thing. But um, that's the great greatest part about the Marine Corps is they let you know, like, okay, things may be nice now, but you stand by and and you're going to go. So uh, Marines are kind of pumped when it comes to that stuff. So, you know. Um, yeah, we certainly got pumped after that, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, everybody did. But I can imagine as a member of the military, you did especially. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> you spent nearly over two decades, actually, in the military. Mm-hmm. And you said that you'd come up with a couple of things that you really took out of that military experience as it applies to leadership, leadership development. Mm-hmm. Would you be good enough to share those with us? Yeah, sure. So I think a lot of people get the word leader um, kind of mixed up. So there are the leaders who have a genuine interest about personal development, about development of their people. And then there are the leaders who are a leader because that's their position. You know, um, I've had both in 22 years. Of course, I'm sure we all have, but it's the ones where it's just that little teeny nugget that someone will give you and it changes your whole perspective on whatever it may be. And those those moments, they stick with you for the rest of your life. And so when I mentioned earlier that, yeah, I have some a couple of, of things I want to share, it's because they're just so, like good leadership is, it's memorable and you always want to talk about it. You always want to share it. You always want to get other people to, to be like that too, because it was just so uh, monumental for me growing up and learning my own way and trying to become my own leader. Um, but yeah, so, um, started when I was a sergeant in the Marine Corps and I, I got a brand new boss and every boss is different as we all know, but he gave me a tasker and I went to try to get this thing done as best as possible. And I came back to him and I said, I, I, I don't know where to go now. <laughs> I've come to like a roadblock and he just, he, he, he helped me navigate and, and accomplish this tasker because he gave me the tools I needed um, to accomplish it myself. So he didn't handhold, but he said, hey, if you do this A, B, and C, then you'll get this result. And uh, that stands out, will always stand out in my mind. Um, when we talk about teamwork and peer leadership, that's a difficult one uh, because, hey, I don't have to listen to this guy or this gal over here. They're my peers. We're all in the same same playing field, but that's that's not the case. You you need to listen to each other. You need to build cohesion and teamwork um, in the company that you're in. And it's so we were this this particular person and I, we were being run into the ground at the basic school when we just became Marine Corps officers. And that was a very tough school, very physically demanding. And we came to this this hill called cardiac hill for a very good reason. It was, it was practically straight up, but um, our instructor wanted us to keep going up and down this thing over and over and over. My legs were starting to give out. 
And one of my peer lieutenants was like, we're going to go up this hill and I want you to grab onto my pack, just loop it. And I'm going to help pull you up the hill. You you can't, it's like, it, is, people are not born that way. Like there's, there's something within a person, you know, after all their experience that wants to help someone when they don't have to. Uh, so that will always stick with me. I've, I've known some people in the military and they are extraordinary people. They are uh, kind of the same lines along the people that are policemen or EMT people, you know, that kind of thing. There's a sense of calling about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, this is who I am. And therefore, that's why they're willing to run into the bullets and run into the fire and run into the, the whatever it may be, the danger. And that, that that's something that's really quite unique. Mm-hmm. With that kind of background uh, today, what do you think the biggest challenge is for leaders? What What is it that they, they should be running towards, but maybe running away from, in mm-hmm. your estimation? Yep. Um, there are a lot of senior leaders out there. Um, time is ticking and it's starting to show where their time may be up. I think the, where there's a disconnect is between that position of those, those senior leaders. And then when they leave, who's going to fill it? And there are people to fill it, but are they ready to fill it? Do they feel emotionally and physically ready to to step up and and take that leadership position? I think there's just so there needs to be some something to, um, you know, what is the word I'm looking for here? Um, to fill the gap between the the issue, uh, and that's that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, you mentioned something that was that's very interesting: being phys- both physically and emotionally ready to get into these leadership positions. And we see a lot of emerging leaders or some of these young leaders that really chase the title and they got really good at doing what they did in their business or, you know, their, their industry worked their way up the ladder that way and really chase that title. And then when they got there, found out that they just simply weren't ready. And you see a lot of this Leadership turnover, leadership turnover is up to 18% right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is these young leaders, these young emerging leaders that simply were not ready or are not ready. Mm-hmm. What would you suggest with your your background? How would you prepare to be both physically um, that you mentioned and emotionally ready to get into a leadership type position? Well, I was very fortunate in the fact that in the Marine Corps, if you can imagine when you join and you're a private first class or even a private, you're still going to be offered those opportunities to like throw you into the fire. And the Marine Corps will throw you into the fire. Hey, I need you to get in front of those 200 people and give them a brief on whatever. And it's really uncomfortable and it can be very embarrassing, <laughs> but, but we were forced to break out of our comfort zone. And that's simply what it is, because once people know that they can break out of their comfort zone, do what is asked of them, step up and improve, then they can do anything. It's easy. Just just do it. (laughs) Yeah, there is this kind of momentum. Once you start breaking out of that comfort zone and you do it again and again and again, the, the reaction is not, oh, no, can I do it? And all those kind of questions that start coming up. But it's more, yeah, just go and do it. Go find out. Go learn it. 
you'll figure it out some way or another. And even if you fall down, it's okay. You'll get back up and you'll go yeah. at it again. Yeah. That's probably some of the toughest things that to learn about leadership and about yeah. leading others. So that's it. Again, that's really interesting to me. So we take that. Let me ask you then, why have you decided to become an executive coach? You've given us some wonderful examples yeah. here <laughs> about how you've taken on leadership, and the challenges you've gone through and the things that you've learned from other leaders. So as you start putting that together, and I'm going to become now an executive coach, mm-hmm. help us understand that focus, that direction, that that whole motivation mm-hmm. for you. Um, it's at the very end of the day, it comes down to because I've been that person who had a horrible boss. And mm. it's it's the worst feeling in the world, especially to kn- it's it's just the worst. <laughs> can can I talk about how bad it is? Can we all talk about that? When when you're not when you feel like you're not take, being taken care of or that your input is not valuable or that's just what's the point? But when you talk to someone who genuinely cares about what you have to say and um allows you the the freedom of movement to take care of your people and to um delineate or not delineate to delegate and um that's what i want for for people that's what i want for young middle old leaders i want cohesion and can i say harmony can we have harmony <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah and um i wanted to bring this up earlier it might be slightly off off topic but um you mentioned failure michael and that that's another reason I want to become an ex or executive coach is because I want people to understand that failure is okay. I probably had one boss in my 22 years tell me you're going to fail, but guess what? We've, we've made this, this system, this um, integrating you into our company. We've already planned for these mistakes to happen and yeah. Okay. You might be talked to, but it's it, we can't say we have zero tolerance for failure because that's just not reasonable or it's just not um what is the word i'm really having trouble with words today sorry <laughs> gentlemen it's not uh reality reality absolutely and that's that's a problem mm-hmm. gene uh, you see in reality uh, this all the social media and what we perceive as reality Everybody's perfect, man. The perfect body, the perfect. You're making a lot of money. You're, you're driving the perfect car, live in the perfect house, whatever. You got the perfect life, and people are afraid of failure because I, th- I think in a lot of ways because it's constantly shoved down our throats. You have to be. You're, this is what success looks like. Mm-hmm. Then you look great, or you got drive a great car, or you live in a, a beautiful place, or you're. You know, whatever that may be. But I think that's a good point is we can't be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. And you got to understand that's part of life. That's part of success. Yep, absolutely. It's The uh, other side of that whole thing is we can't protect people from failure. Right. True. <laughs> that let them fail. Yeah, you, you learn so much from, from failing. Um, and honestly, I mean, it just, it humanizes us. It could actually build trust between you and another person when you're when you're vulnerable and you've you know taken this failure on the chin and 
only good can come from it. I think there's this notion that great leaders have is this, that on one hand, I'm going to give you incredible challenges, really tough challenges. And at what you were referring to, uh, at the same time, though, I'm going to give you incredible support. Rich and I talk about that the, the biggest complaint that employees have today is a lack of support, a lack of respect. Yep. So they're apparently getting the challenges. They're getting the tough things to go and do, but they're not feeling that here's the support. We got your back. We'll make sure that you get this done and we get it worked out for you so that you can do your work and you can progress. Talk a little bit about this idea. I'd like you to develop that a little bit. Incredible challenge, same time, incredible support. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes back to my first experience of having that boss that like gave me the tools to to help accomplish the task. Um, it, he just, it was an open door kind of thing, but he gave me enough to, to, to allow me to do this all by myself without having to come back to him several times, like with more questions. So, I mean... If you think of it that way, leaders support your people. You know, the more tools and more info you give them, the less chance they're going to come back to you. And you know, um, but yeah, just just knowing that you are taken care of and your best interests are uh, at the forefront of your your boss or your company's mind. Forget about it. You don't need to pay me two hundred thousand a year to get that. I don't need that. Just want to love what I do and love the people that I work with. All right. So let me let me ask you something, Gene. Let's let's switch topics just a little bit. We kind of talked about this before our call. What's your view on on diversity and inclusion in coaching? And we we've actually talked to a couple of people lately who are, you know, they're saying it's it's how important it is to have a coach that can build rapport with everybody and that, you know, women included men, men and women, but how does it, what's your viewpoint on that? And why do you feel it's important? Well, we all come from different backgrounds. We've all had different experiences and, um, you know, whether it's a woman, you know, for the diversity inclusion, or it's an African-American, we, we all have something completely different and valuable that we bring to the table. It's a different perspective, and the more perspectives you have, then the better chance that you'll come to a, um, you know, a reasonable conclusion on whatever you may be working on. Um, but it's essential. It's the way we're going, and um, I gotta love it. Yep. And I actually, oh, go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> what would you say? Apologize, Rich. When you take a look at your background. When you take a look at the things that you've done, the things that you've accomplished, the, the kind of person, not just leader, but the kind of person you've become, when you take a look at that, what would you say if somebody to say, okay, you you want to be and you are an executive coach, what's your specialty? What's your niche? What's, what, what's the thing that makes you different than the other ones out there? Help us understand why we would say, yeah, Gene, Gene's the one. <laughs> okay, um, I can come up with one. Uh, example. I was a public affairs officer for about 11 years. That required me to be an excellent listener and um, an excellent examiner of of what is being asked or what is being conveyed. Um, and I think that that absolutely adds to how I am as an executive coach because I am a great listener and I'm here to help. And so you know, what, what do you need? I'm going to hear it and I'm going to help you 
uh, with that. Excellent. So I was going to ask you a, a question and uh, maybe for some advice for some of these younger upcoming leaders that are out there. Now, if you look at your bio, you when you first joined the, the Marine Corps, uh, private first class, and you retired from the military as a captain. Is that correct? That's right. Now, in the course of doing that, and that I imagine that took quite a bit of time and paying your dues and the right type of education and the right type of of just showing up and being there. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. So, <laughs> based on that, and that's this is it's a, that's a very impressive when you start. I guess you could call it the bottom private first class. And then you, you, and not just a captain, but you were, you did a lot of really cool things on your bios is in the military. So what, what advice would you give to some of these upcoming leaders who are just wanting to chase the title? Mm. God, that's a deep one, Rich. <laughs> it, it, it is. And I apologize if that's, that's over the top, but. You know, I, I think it's with your with your experience, you know, I think it's important to understand you got to pay your dues. Um, the people who chase the title, they it's known there's there. I've I've come across so many Marines and executives that you can absolutely point out the ones who are just after the title. And guess what? For those who are out for that, there's there's not a lot of respect there. So if you're looking to lead a team, if you're looking to lead anyone, um, that's not going to cut it. So you have to, I, it would just take some time with some executive coaching to help them see uh, from a different perspective what they are doing and how they can improve. Uh, so it can't happen overnight, but it's known and people see it. And so if that's what someone is doing, then you can't hide it. <laughs> It's a very interesting comment. You can't you can't fake it. You cannot fake There's, it. Some, no. It comes to a certain point. You simply can't fake it. Nope. You can't you can't fake genuine concern for another person or your employees or for the executive team when you're faking it. No way. What would you say as an executive coach? What is the one thing that you want? for your clients, for your students? What's the one thing that you want them to get out of that working relationship with you as a coach? You know, when you go through it and then they, they, they're done and they walk away, what, what would you want them to walk away with? Ooh, well, there could be so many different things. <laughs> um, oh, this, is, this might sound a little hippie-ish. I just want people to be happy. Can we have a... A, a job that we want to do and be happy and be happy with the job that we're doing. <laughs> Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's not always want. easy. That, no, that'd be good. That would yeah. be good. Be good. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's what, what it all comes down to in the end. I mean, do you want to be that executive who hates their job and sure makes, makes some good money at the end of the day, but is that fulfilling? Are you happy at the end of the day with what you've done with, with your career? I don't know. I, um, yeah. So that's Rich, let's kind of wrap this up. You've got a question, I'm sure. And then we'll, we'll call this, uh, we'll call this good. It's been great. No, Go I ahead. just, I just think, 
it's more a comment than a question. And it really is what Gene is hitting on. I think as executive coaches, you have to really have a desire to help people, to serve people and to see them be happy and successful. Because uh, in, in the end, that's that's how we're successful if others are successful. And, you know, that's a, that's one thing. And again, I don't know that you're – you're born, you know, you're born as a leader. You're born wanting to help people. But I think, well, you're not born a leader. I should take that back. You're not born a leader, but really that desire to help people is something that we're, we're, we come up with. <laughs> and when we've achieved a certain amount of success in our, our careers, or like you have in the military, you get to a point where you want to really pass that on. You want to see others <laughs> because it doesn't mean anything unless you can. Yep. So, yeah. No, great point. Yes. So I would, of course, want my client happy, but I would want them to then pass along what they've learned and start mentoring and coaching their own people and passing along this like really great legacy of where they want to follow that person. And then they take it on and they pass it down to the people that work for them. And sounds like a magical world. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. So Gene, if they want to get a hold of you. They say, you know, that's the gal I got. I just got to work with. I mean, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, um, I can give you my cell phone number and my email. Hopefully, that'll do it. I don't have a TikTok or Snapchat yet, so the number and email will have to do. But um, the phone number is nine one two seven one two six seven nine six, and I'm simply at j durham at intelligentleadershipec.com. Excellent. Right. Thank you. Outstanding. It's been a real pleasure. Truly. Yeah. It really has been. All right, Rich, let's wrap this up. Our time is up here today. Executive Leaders Act, ILEC.com. That's where you can find us. Uh, you can get uh, a hold of us and, and let's let's book some time. Let's talk about this. And again, uh, it, it, very interesting with Gene's email address. Mine's similar. R. Barron at uh, IntelligentLeadershipEC.com. Michaels is mbailey at intelligentleadershipec.com. Pretty simple to remember. You, you've heard that three times now. So uh, reach out to one of us and uh, let's, have a, let's have a chat. Let's have a conversation. Let's find out how we can get you on the path to your own success. So, Michael, shout outs. Well, we've got Seattle. We've got North Carolina. we got them all over the place. If you want, really want to get down to, I mean, people in Tokyo, we got people in Europe. This is this is just a growing kind of thing that's happening here. We're excited to have each and every one of you join us, listen to us, download us, be a part of our our family here. Spread the word is all I can say. Just spread it. Just keep igniting out there one leader at a time. That's what we're doing here. So thank you so much for joining us, being a part of our audience and our family. All right. And until next time, take care of each other and uh, we'll see you again soon. All right. All the best. Leaders lead well. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, 
This is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.